Hi, everyone. Just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Enjoy the show, and thank you very much. This show is supported by Limpo, monetizing sports and health data via the blockchain. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101. This is Matthew Aaron. And this is Danny Amsalem. And in today's episode, we're going to be walking you through the history of Coinbase, how to set up your account, how to purchase your first crypto on Coinbase, and then comparing it with GDAX. This is step two of our seven-step guide of how to get into cryptocurrency. And this Coinbase episode is updated from the original Coinbase episode on Crypto 101, one of our first if not the first episode that we put out. And thank you, Danny, for helping me with this. Heck yeah, man. I'm excited for this. You said it sounds good. I am excited to listen to it. Man, I think you just jinxed us. But before we go into the interview, please go to Crypto101Podcast.com. That's Crypto101Podcast.com. Go to the bottom of the page. You can see our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook logos. Click on either one. Join the Facebook group. We have 3,500 people there ready to help you out get into crypto. Please go to our support page. Our support page, you can send us some crypto to help us make this show or be a Patreon. Also, you can send us an email, say what's up. If you want to get a hold of Danny, Danny will tell you how to do that later. And you can also click on that big old word that says tax, where you can get $101 off of your tax preparation through CryptoTaxPrep.com. And go ahead and check out Decryptionary.com. It's the simplest crypto dictionary and beginner's guide. If you have any word or phrases you don't get, feel free to check them out there. I explain it in very simple terms. And if you need to reach me, there's a support page where you can just shoot me an email. I read everything. And by the way, so does Matt. He checks out every single message and feedback you send over to him. So please feel free to reach out to Matt. He loves reading those. I do. I do. So enjoy this tutorial on Coinbase and GDEX, and we'll see you after the show. So before we go into this, I just want everybody to know that this podcast cannot act as a supplement to you looking into the fact page, Coinbase's fact page, Googling the information about Coinbase or going into Reddit or other communities to ask questions if you're going to set up. Everything we say today is from an American-centric point of view. We're in the States. I have a a Coinbase account uh, registered uh, with my American bank account. So does Danny. So if you are in the UK, if you're in Europe, if you're in Australia or anywhere else, this information might not be totally for you. Please search and figure out how Coinbase can best serve you or if it's even the best option for you. So just keep that in mind. And we're going to go through this in a hopefully organized fashion. So before we start going into the operations of Coinbase, we just want to go over the history a little bit. Coinbase was founded on July 2nd, 2011, which is about six years ago, San Francisco, California. Right now, it serves 32 countries and it was founded by Brian Armstrong and Fred Azurim. Coinbase now has around 13.3 million users as of November 2017. Their products that we're going to discuss today are Coinbase, 
the Coinbase Vault Wallet System purchasing GDAX and the coins that they have on it. The coins that they support, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bcash. 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 <laughs> Bitcoin Cash. So, like I said, Coinbase was found in 2011 by Brian and Fred, and they started this as an incubator program. The company launched the services to buy and sell Bitcoin through bank transfers in 2012. By 2013, the company received $5 million in Series 8 investment by a guy named Fred Wilson that really propelled Coinbase forward. In 2014, the company grew to 1 million users. That's 1 million people with an on-ramp to buying Bitcoin with their bank account. They also teamed up with different companies around this time. Overstock, Dell, Expedia.com, Dish Network, and so on. Now, I have to stop here. I went on to a couple of these companies, just the bigger ones, to see if I could make a purchase with Bitcoin. So I went to Dell, found a laptop, hooked it up with everything I want, and pressed the checkout button. There was nothing there that said Bitcoin. Upon having a Google search, I found that people said that Dell had pulled their Bitcoin service or their Coinbase service. So moving on to an Expedia, I also went through the whole process. I bought a ticket, filled out my dates and times and leaving from Portland to Newark. Don't know why I'm going to New York, but I'm going to Newark. Because I'm here, man. No, man. New Jersey, Newark. Oh, well, it's close by. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I, so I got a ticket over there, uh, tried to check out and buy it with Bitcoin. And that also wasn't there. So just to let you know, Coinbase says they partner with uh, a lot of people for, to use their Bitcoins, but it doesn't seem that they're honoring them anymore. And that it has nothing to do with Bitcoin. It just has something to do with maybe their cooperation. Moving on, January 2015, the company had received another $75 million investment. 2016 in May, the company rebranded Coinbase Exchange to Global Digital Asset Exchange, or GDAX. And we'll talk about them in a little bit. They also, at this time, started offering Ethereum on their platform. Moving on to 2017. 2017, they obtained their New York Department of Finance Services, which allows them to operate within New York. And they finalized it in March 2017. I know this is riveting, by, by the way, guys, but history is important. It all comes up, up to a point, the point of where we are using it today. But moving on, October in 2017, Coinbase announced instant Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin purchases for users using U.S. bank accounts. Boom, like that, you are purchasing. November 29, 2017, Coinbase was ordered to report 14,000 plus users to the IRS that had more than $20,000 in transactions in their service. So as you can see, what we're doing is here is we've already went from a startup company to a company that received a lot of investment that is complying with the law and now has became a financial institution. And their last checkpoints in this history, which is bringing us up to just about today, in December, Coinbase became the most popular app downloaded on iTunes Store for a little bit. And December 20th, they launched Bcash, which is their fourth currency. And in 2018, they're talking that they are going to 
launch a lot more. So they are growing and they have became, in my opinion, one of the most important players in the cryptocurrency or blockchain space. So now we want to talk about signing up, right? So now we want to talk about signing up. Well, that process is pretty simple. They keep changing it, though. So every time I try and document it, they change it up on me a little bit. I just I documented it a few weeks ago and it's already new, but still simple. Um, it's not like the three step ads that you keep getting. Matt. What are those ads for? Three step ads. Oh, yes. Etoro. Yeah, you too. Etoro, your favorite. Oh, man, I can't stand that guy. <laughs> Um, I mean, no, I mean, he looks like a cool guy. It's just, I see him like every day, 45 times a day. It's just, I'm sick of him. They need to have a good skip button for you. You can skip it. So sign up process, pretty simple. Right now, what they're doing is they're asking for your first name, last name, email, and password. They want you to confirm you're not a robot and that you are over 18. So if you're under 18, you got to get a parent or, you know, uh, someone there with you to to get you through this process. I highly suggest you create a long, complicated password and store it using LastPass. LastPass also has a really awesome password generator. So if you're not great at doing that, then they can do it for you. For more information, you can check out the eight steps to protecting your crypto PDF on my website, decryptionary.com. I also suggest you use ProtonMail. Matt, we're gonna talk a little bit about that later, right? I think we are. Okay, great. Uh, ProtonMail is just really secure email and you'll get some more information later. Next, it'll ask you to go to your email and click on a verification link sent to you. If you can't find your verification email, just refresh your mailbox or check your spam folder. It should be right in there in a minute or two. Then when you get the email, click on the verify email address button and it'll send you right back to Coinbase, at which point they will ask you what country and state you live in. It then asks you for your phone number. This is a security step known as two-factor authentication or 2FA for short. 2FA makes your account more secure by requiring you to enter a code after entering your username and password. You see this with a few other accounts, Twitter, Facebook, they have this six-digit code. Then Coinbase asks you to set up your phone number and type in here, they ask you for a seven digit code. I highly recommend you later change this off of text message two-factor authentication to something using an app. A lot of people like using Google Authenticator. I personally recommend Authy. They are much more user-friendly and if you lose your phone, then you still can have other ways to access it such as through your browser or or a backup and restore method. Once you've gone through that, you land on your dashboard for Coinbase. It's going to show you a graph with Bitcoin prices and um, some portfolio, which should all be blank because you haven't bought anything yet. But on the left, it'll ask you to complete your account. There's two steps left. The first is to verify your identity. And if you have something to hide or you don't have your ID card, then you can't really follow through with this. But they just need a state issued driver's license or ID or a passport. This is not for the guy who's trying to hide from the man. So make sure you just willing and ready to do that with Coinbase. Once you've done that, they also ask you to add a payment method. All you got to do is connect a bank account, a credit or debit card or wire transfer. I use the bank account option, but I have a little credit union set up. Uh, It's just a local branch, so they're not a big, strong, well-organized. Maybe I shouldn't say that. They're not very well recognized. And what I had to do was type in I typed in my my credit union's name. It was Provident, right? It didn't show up in the suggested results, and I couldn't figure out how to connect my bank account. So what I ended up typing was XYZ, just a bunch of nonsense. All right, so I typed in XYZ, and it says no results found. 
then you can still link your bank manually and you just click on that button, link your bank manually. Then you can type in your, your routing number and all of that information. It'll take two to three business days on average to connect that way. If you go through their suggested or recommended list, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, any of the big name banks, it is instantaneous. They will ask you for your banking login and everything. Apparently, goes through this 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 program called Plaid. Apparently, Coinbase doesn't have access to that, and you're supposed to trust them that it is secure and they won't store your login information. That's up to you. That's your own discretion. If you don't feel comfortable with that, just follow through with the process I described. Type in XYZ, click on link your bank manually, and type it in yourself. Then you can set up a credit card if you're not interested in that. Credit cards are useful because even though transactions are more expensive than a direct deposit with your bank account, they are instantaneous. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it, I'd say. <laughs> and what are those fees for those credit cards then? Credit card fees are a little hefty. I mean... Because we mentioned that they're, they're a little more expensive. Real quick, before we go into fees, this sign-up process is important. Don't try to cut corners. If your name is John P. Smith on your bank account, Put John P. Smith in here. There's nothing that they're going to do that you don't want them to do. I'm saying this because some of the support questions come in um, and some of the questions come into either on Reddit or in Slack channels or even on the Crypto 101 Facebook page that they're having problems with drawing or the bank is having problems verifying and it's taking too long. Well, some people just are trying to be a little bit opaque or a little bit gray about who they are because they don't feel comfortable giving out this information. Let's be clear. If you're going onto Coinbase, you are going to have to give all your information. So be comfortable with that. They're going to know your name, your address, your phone number, your everything about you so they can do their job properly. And if you don't give it to them, they won't do their job properly. And you might have to have to file a support ticket that will take days or weeks to get answered. Yep, could take a long time. So going into those fees, you ha we have now signed up your bank account to Coinbase. Mm -hmm. We have signed up maybe your credit card to Coinbase. Mm -hmm. And you're going to make some purchases of Bitcoin. Danny, what kind of purchases are they going to make and how are they going to do this? Let me, let me break it down in an example of you buying $100 Word. in Coinbase. So if they're doing a direct deposit with their bank the first method we outlined earlier, then it looks like they'll pay about $1.74 in fees. And transaction times could be, it says about four to five days, business days. Mm -hmm. So if you start it on Friday, you're not going to get it until the next week. But when you buy it, you're locking in it at the price you make that purchase, though. That's right. So if you buy it on Monday at 1 o'clock, 1 p.m., and you buy it at X price, it doesn't matter if it gets to your account on Friday, you still have it at that price. Mm -hmm. Which could be bad if it goes down, but it could be great <laughs> if it goes up. Right. You could, you could feel bad, but you still have it. Mm -hmm. And then if you're doing a wire transfer, it's a fixed amount at about $10 wire transfer fee and then a couple some, some, some change on top of that. So it, it comes out to $11.74 on a $100 transfer. Mm-hmm. And that'll take about one to three business days, so slightly faster. Credit card purchases are right in the middle, $4.24 for a $100 purchase. Transactions are immediate, like I mentioned earlier. 
So if you really want to make a massive purchase, then wire transfer is probably the way to go because you're not going to do the percentages. You got your $10 fee and that's pretty much it. Now, if you want to withdraw, linking your bank account or wire transfer is also another option. You can't withdraw to your credit card, but you can withdraw to your bank. And, or PayPal. Or PayPal, indeed. Yeah. Yes, sir. Wire transfers withdrawal <laughs> is $25. So you're, you're going to pay 25 bucks to send it back to your bank. If you only have 100 bucks in there, it's probably not worth it. Uh-uh. But if you have your bank, it's linked to it. It's free. So what you would do is buy your Bitcoin, sell it back to USD, USD when you made your profit, and then just transfer it back to your bank. Remember, when you're doing this, it's... Just do a little bit of math with this. If you buy $100 of Bitcoin and it costs you 104 you have to make 4% to cover your fees. You already have to make your profits. You already have to go up and to cover everything to your bottom line. So just keep that in mind. And every time you make trans- transfers or transactions or other sales, that adds money to your bottom line. So just keep that in mind. Sounds good. <laughs> Are we going on to making your first purchase now, Matthew? Yes. Make, let's make our first purchase. Okay, okay. So up at the top, you've got a little navigation bar. It says dashboard, buy, sell, accounts, and so on. What you're going to click on is buy, sell. Then you're going to see a, a bunch of buttons. Make sure you're on the buy section. And then you can select one of your favorite coins. Once you click on buy, sell, and you're on the buy section, you've got four different coins you can buy. Bitcoin, Bcash, Ethereum, or Litecoin. Now, there's a bunch of different reasons why you'd want to purchase those. Do you want to touch up on why? Yeah, absolutely. And now a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Matthew Aaron, and I would like to tell you about Limpo. Limpo, monetizing sports and health data via the blockchain. Limpo is a healthy lifestyle ecosystem that will reward its users for being healthy and connect various stakeholders in the industry. Limpo builds a digital fitness wallet which aims to integrate the most popular sports tracking apps and wearables and reward them in LYM tokens for achieving healthy lifestyle goals. Limpo users will be able to aggregate and store their data and later monetize it through direct contact with data-driven companies interested in purchasing this data. Limpo will partner with sports events and brands. It has partnerships with platforms using more than 3,500 personal trainers, a healthy food wholesale marketplace, and a marathon with over 15,000 participants later this year. If you're interested in their token sale, please go to Limpo, L-Y-M-P-O That's L-Y-M-P-O Now, back to the show. So why would you buy Bitcoin? If I was going to buy Bitcoin, I would buy Bitcoin because it's the granddaddy. It's, it's, the, it's the number one player in town. It is still the most expensive, the highest market cap. And also, you can buy most other coins with Bitcoin. If you right. wanted to pick up something like Virium or Vertcoin or Dash, Monero, whatever you, you want, you can pretty much buy them all with Bitcoin. Bitcoin Cash. Why would I buy Bitcoin Cash, Danny? You know, I don't think you're a big fan of Bcash right now, are you? I, 
I, I'm not a fan of Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash, to be honest. Okay, okay. I, I hold a little bit of Bitcoin, not much. I don't hold any Bcash right now, which maybe I'm going to regret. But I think if you don't like Bitcoin, uh, maybe for transaction times or cost, then you might want to hold Bitcoin Cash. That's That's all I can think of. Yeah, Bitcoin Cash is an alternative to Bitcoin. And basically the cash part means it's supposed to be a spend currency. Bitcoin wanted to be both, but what happened with Bitcoin is it became very slow and very expensive to make simple purchases. Bitcoin Cash is trying to correct that. So the reason why I say I don't like Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash before I... This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Before anybody thinks I'm fudding the market or anything or are, are giving uh, financial advice, the only reason why fudding, I don't like fudding, we're talking, we're talking fear, uncertainty, doubt, right? Fear, uncertainty, doubt. I don't want to give anybody any fear, uncertainty, or doubt with this. The only reason I don't like the two is because they both have two fundamental problems. One is very slow, and the other one, their CEOs have attitude problems. So <laughs> they have an organizational issue. But other than that, they're fine. <laughs> okay. Um, Ethereum. Why would you buy Ethereum? Ethereum is a... Well, first, you can buy some coins with Ethereum. Uh, if, right. you, if you buy Ethereum and you send it over to, say, Binance... Bittrex, Liqui, Cryptopia, they usually have Ethereum trading pairs. So just like Bitcoin, you can buy some uh, most coins with Ethereum. Not as many as Bitcoin, but a lot of them, especially Ethereum-based tokens. Other than that, right. it's a great investment as well because Ethereum is not a currency per se. It is a platform. And companies that are coming out on the market to make utility on the blockchain they're being built on Ethereum, and that's why it's $1,000 today. Yeah, and they've got a really exciting uh, roadmap, a, a plan for the future. And, and Litecoin, Danny, what are you, what's your thoughts on Litecoin? You know, I actually really like Litecoin, and I think you do too. I like Litecoin because it's fast. You can buy really quickly with it. It, it just moves quickly, right? Transactions are fast. And... You can hold an entire Litecoin very effect, very easily because it's still priced nicely at a couple hundred bucks. People are starting to use it more for transactions between exchanges, right? If you want to move a couple hundred or a couple thousand dollars from one exchange to another, many people are using Litecoin now. That is what true. What about you? That is true. Um, it's, it's since Bitcoin's getting stuck in the network or it's just taking a lot of time or it costs too much, people are just you know transferring to Litecoin and shipping it over. One of my biggest things with Litecoin is I like the organization. Uh, they have a great head of Litecoin uh, and representative and spokesman, Charlie Lee. It really yep. gives me a lot of confidence when I'm buying it. And they just decreased the price of using Litecoin so it's even cheaper now. So, right. Yeah. Hey, you know, I did read on Reddit uh, this morning or last night, though, that Bitcoin's transaction costs are going down. Well, so is the price. <laughs> so <laughs> uh you're quick if, all yeah, right so if it's 0. 0.001 bitcoin then yeah the price <laughs> goes down <you. laughs> 
you get uh, cheaper fees. That's right. That's right. Apparently, there were some more miners getting on, though. So oh. they were handling a bunch of the backlog. Um, going back to Coinbase, though, right? So you've got those four coins to buy. Do your own research. Matt and I, that was just our own opinion. You need to decide for yourself which one you like. Maybe you want to buy them all. Up to you. Just select it. Choose your payment method. A lot of people still use credit cards. So right below, you can select how much you want to buy. You can say that in terms of US dollars, or you can say that in terms of Bitcoin. If you want to buy $100, then it'll tell you how much of Bitcoin you're going to get. And if you want to buy one whole Bitcoin, it's going to tell you how much that's going to cost in US dollars. I hope that was clear. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay, good. Beautiful. And then you click on buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bcash in blue, right below. You'll get a confirmation screen and you can confirm your buy. Obviously, transaction times depend on what you use to purchase. Credit cards are instant. Wire transfers takes a few days. And so do bank deposits. One thing I want, I want everybody to know about Coinbase, their user interface is super easy. It's clean. It's colorful, and you really can't make any mistakes because they make it simple. Very user-friendly. Very user-friendly. They have Their app is beautiful. The user interface on Mac or PC or any browser is, is wonderful. And I, I, I can't say I recommend Coinbase enough. It is expensive, but it's a great platform. Mm-hmm. And it's a great tool to get new folks into crypto. Exactly. So now that we have our Bitcoin, our Litecoin, our Bitcoin Cash, or our Ethereum, Danny, what are you laughing at, man? (laughs) You cracked me up, man. (laughs) So now that we have those guys, we might want to trade. We might want to buy high, sell low. Wait, that's not what we want to do. We want to buy low (laughs) and sell high. See, guys, I think okay. we're all going to make that mistake sometime, though. <laughs> I know I have. Coinbase has a, has a sister, and that sister's name is GDAX. And GDAX, once you sign up for Coinbase, you automatically have GDAX. And what GDAX is, is a more professional exchange where you can buy all of these other coins for a cheaper price. This right here, let me say that again. You can buy cheaper on GDAX. So all of this stuff that we told you right now, how to buy on Coinbase, forget it. Take that money that you... (laughs) So yes, after listening to 25 minutes of podcast, forget what we just said. Take the money that you have in your US dollar wallet and open up gdax.com. Once you get to gdax.com, you just log in with your same Coinbase email and password and your two-factor authentication and you pop right in. GDAX and Coinbase are linked. So what you want to do is you want to open up that and deposit U.S. dollars from your Coinbase into your GDAX. So, Danny, (laughs) how do you transfer money from your Coinbase to your GDAX? Well, how about just how you fund your GDAX? You click on deposit. On the left-hand side, you'll see this deposit withdrawal button. Click on deposit and a pop-up appears. They give you information on Bankwire. They got their address and, and their routing numbers and all that. You could do that. They've also got a a bank account option where you can add a bank account or select a bank account you may have set up through Coinbase Mm. because like Matthew said, they are connected. They are related websites. The other option is clicking the Coinbase account tab and then you can 
fund it from your Bitcoin wallet there. Maybe you already bought some, or for some reason you may have deposited some US dollars into your Coinbase account. Then you've got the final option, which is a Bitcoin address. That means if for some reason you have Bitcoin sitting in a different wallet, in a different exchange, or a friend, maybe you gave them some cash and they're gonna deposit Bitcoin right into your GDAX account, you can do that there too. Very good explanation, Danny. Thank you. I'm looking at it right now, so you know, on the fly. It was it was it was excellent. I you know somebody would think we wrote a script. <laughs> no, we never do that. This is all off the cuff. Like, our our, <laughs> our cuffs are big. What, what what does that even mean? What is a cuff anyway? I don't know. I always thought about that too. Is it like are we talking about the cuff links or? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like the cuff off the. But why is it off the cuff anyway? Nobody wants to hear us talk about that shit. Um, <laughs> to summarize, talked about the history. We talked about signing up, making your purchase on Coinbase, opening up GDAX, making a purchase and getting funds into GDAX, and fees. We're just about done. Um, We're going to go over pros and cons of Coinbase from our points of views. But before we go into that, I want to say a couple of things about Coinbase. And I think that I was wrong with them a little bit. The first one is Coinbase has went from 1 million users to about 13, 14, 15 million users almost overnight in a year. Please check out How Exchanges Work episode, a Crypto 101 episode, to learn how exchanges work and a little bit about not only the inner workings, how the development is, how the tech works, how the security works, and all of that so you can understand the issues that exchanges might have in scaling, in security, and beyond. I had nothing else. And beyond. I was going to say, et cetera, et cetera, but that have been cheating. All right, Danny, now it's time for the pros and cons. Pros. Pros. FDIC insured. Boom. What does that mean, Danny? That means that their U.S. dollar account, if you're storing U.S. dollars in, it's insured. And Matt. And what? (laughs) What about the crypto? Those are insured to a degree, right? The crypto is insured to a degree. 2% or less is kept online. If cryptocurrency that's kept online is taken, it will be insured as well by Coinbase. However, it's very hard to prove that they were keeping any amount online or how much they have online. The rest mm-hmm. of the cryptocurrency is kept offline, either in a USB somewhere. I don't even know how much you can put into a USB, but it's maybe in a USB in Brian Armstrong's drawer in his office. Who knows where it is, but it's offline. If that USB gets dropped into his coffee, you're not insured. Mm-hmm. And they, this is a pro con. This is a pro con. Yes. It, look, it's just like this. If you're trusting Coinbase with your crypto, then if they mess up, you have no recourse. You have no other options. But the pro side of this is that if they are FDIC insured and they have private insurance on the coins that they keep online, that tells you a couple of things. One, they take security very seriously. And Mm -hmm. two, they had to jump through a lot of hoops to get this insurance and get these certifications. So, and if you listen to the episode I mentioned before, how exchanges work, you will hear Dan Rice of Bootstrap Legal explain this process. But in, in summary, if you are going to get this kind of insurance, they're going to come with a checklist. 
And these checklists is going to be very, very detailed about your processes, your security with your personnel, your security with your coding, with your with everything, every aspect of your operation to make sure that's secured. So it's a very good sign that this site is doing its best to secure your money. And, you know, if we bring it back to that earlier episode we had with Gemini, Gemini doesn't have insurance on any crypto. So that's true. Coinbase is Coinbase is trying. They're they're not perfect, but I don't think any other exchange is perfect. And these guys are trying their darndest. Danny, do you have another pro? No. Do you? Well, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the list. <laughs> pro. The UI is great. It's beautiful. Colors. Thought well thought out. Very simple to use. Grandma can use it because the font is really big. Everything is amazing on it. And the app on your phone is also really easy to use. That's true. The app is really good. You can buy Bitcoin on your phone. That's pretty cool. It's really cool. It's in 32 different countries. So if you are in Europe or other places, you can buy with Coinbase. Now, please do a little due diligence here. I know you can connect your SEPA banks from from Europe. I also know that some people have problems with the pound. So please do your research. Some people are able to buy on Coinbase, but not withdraw. And you might want to get your fiat out sometimes. So please check that for your home country. By the way, fiat, we're just talking like regular old US dollars, GBP, euro, whatever. Yep. Any more pros? Mm, They make it easy. Like you mentioned that with the UI, but... They make it very easy for anyone to get into crypto. So I think that covers it. Right on. Cons. Coinbase is known to go down. Now, again, I'm going to say that this is, take this with a grain of salt. A lot of people, and you, if you go on Reddit and you, and you search, they say every time there's a surge in Bitcoin, Coinbase goes down. Every time there's a dip in Bitcoin, it goes down. And everybody says it's a conspiracy. They are controlling the market. And after talking to some tech guys, uh, CTOs, some programmers, developers, it's just simple. They scaled too fast and there's too many people using their system and it's crashing. So take it with a grain of salt, but just know that if you are going to see big gains or big dips in Bitcoin and you want to buy or sell, Coinbase has been historically unreliable. You know what though? I haven't checked if that happens to GDAX too. Does, when, it ha- when Coinbase goes down, does GDAX too? I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? I've never thought about that. You know, I have, can we not put this in here because this is a one on one thing that we should have covered. <laughs> Danny, I'm erasing everything you just said there. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Another con it's pricing compared to other exchanges. If you use Gemini Wallet, you will pay a lot less money for your unwrap into the crypto world. However, Danny, how's your Gemini Wallet going? Oh. Uh. Gemini, I'm, it's eight days short of one month, and I've still not been approved. So they have scaling problems, too. Yes. So let's just not say we have the best solutions everywhere with the new hype of Gemini. You know, that actually brings me to something that I've been wanting to say, which is I think everyone should open an account on every exchange. Hmm. Because look at this. If you would have opened an account with Bittrex before then you wouldn't have to worry about them shutting down to new users. Binance, same thing. I went ahead and opened accounts with every exchange that I could find. Some of them are not as reputable as others, but just know what you're getting into. 
And that way in the future, if you ever find yourself wanting to buy a coin and signups are limited to an exchange, you can get in. You already have an account there. It's true. Good point, Danny. Thank you. Last con, the support kind of sucks. Now, take this also with a grain of salt. All support sucks on all exchanges. And Coinbase honestly does it better than most. But it takes a while. You file a support ticket and it takes either a day or days or weeks for them to get back to you. Because to be honest, they prioritize. If you're a huge problem, then they will probably get back to you really quick. If you're just asking about a transaction that's in limbo, they're going to just sit there and wait for the blockchain to clear. And you probably will just get the issue resolved without support contact just by waiting. So if you're looking for a really good hands-on support, they, they struggle. Yeah, you're going to still be waiting. Every exchange has their problems. You know, I think we should quickly mention something too, which is if people are sending cryptocurrencies, whatever your coin, you should Google the coin name plus Block Explorer and mm-hmm. just see. You, you can enter in your transaction ID. It's called TX ID. TX is short for transaction. Copy and paste it from Coinbase, and sometimes they directly link into it, and you can see how many verification confirmations your your transaction has. And why is that important, Danny? Because that tells you that the network, the blockchain network, has distributed your transaction and that everyone sees it and agrees to it. And it's now valid. The more people who see it and agree to it, the more valid it becomes. And then exchanges will say, yes, we now have your money. They're not going to say they have your money until a lot of the network sees to it and agrees to it. Very good point, Danny. And some exchanges have different criteria for different coins when it comes to confirmations. I don't know off the top of my head what Coinbase is, but let's just ballpark it. Six confirmations for Bitcoin to be approved to be put in Coinbase, yet other exchanges might have 10 confirmations or, or what have you. So this is a very good point. And your Bitcoin could be sitting there for a little bit until it gets worked through the system. Right. So Danny, that was our Coinbase Step 2 Crypto 101 Decryptionary Collaboration. Yeah. Oh, hey, we are going to have a write-up, a, a document for people who need a little bit of a more visual, written walkthrough at their own speed. We've got it for you too, right? We do. And I, I know you're probably not deaf in listening to this podcast, but we do have this... <laughs> in ASL on YouTube. So if you know of anybody that's deaf and wants to get into cryptocurrency, these episodes are getting translated into ASL on our YouTube channel. So check it out. Very handy. I don't know anyone else who's doing that. Me neither. Thank you, <laughs> Danny Gong, for doing that for us. And Danny from Decryptionary, thank you, man. And it was good talking to you. You're very welcome. We're going to see you again, right? We're going to do some more of these episodes. We have we have many steps to go and many more guests. I'm excited. I'll All talk right. to you then. All right, brother. Bye. The music today is selected by my wife, Megan Solemn. I don't have the names for you because I've kept her out of this room and she hasn't been able to tell me anything. Well, you know, Danny, that sounds kind of... How do you <laughs> keep her out of that room? I said, babe, please don't come over here because we're recording something. Uh, all right. Well, t- please tell Megan thank you. I will tell her. All right.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. I want to say thank you, Danny, for being here again. You're welcome, Matt. It was a great pleasure and an honor to be back. Oh, man, you sounded happy. <laughs> you really sounded happy. But be- before you go, please check out ApogeeCrypto.com. That's A-P-O-G-E-E Crypto.com. The best place to check out your crypto prices in real time. And don't forget, we will be seeing the bulls run again. Crypto is going to be a little bit unstable during Chinese New Year. Don't worry about it. The bulls will be running. And Danny's going to be buying. Always. We'll see you in the next episode of Crypto 101. Wait, it's not done. You needed to mention the link at the description. Ah, shit. Also, in the description of this episode, you can see the affiliate link to Coinbase. If you are going to sign up for Coinbase to purchase your Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bcash, or Litecoin, you can click the affiliate link and get yourself 10 bucks, and also, at the same time, getting us 10 bucks. So it's a win-win. Right, Danny? That's right. Go ahead and click on the links, guys. Your support means a lot to us. We live off of those kind of donations. Boom. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.